Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. It's that time of year for more football free pick winners from SportsCapping.com. I'm your host, Jack Jones. Today I'm going to be joined by fellow handicapper Brandon Lee. Last week it was Teddy Davis, and we gave out, gave out uh, 10 free NCAA football win total bets. Um, this week, um, Brandon and I are going to be giving out six NFL win totals. Plus, we'll each give out a free pick for Saturday's action in Week 1 college football. Uh, Brandon, Teddy, and I have combined to go 30, 12, and 2 uh, on our free picks over the last nine podcasts which basically is the last nine weeks of uh, football season last year. So hopefully that 71% run will have our listeners looking forward to more winners this season. Brandon, are you excited to add to this streak in 2017? Of course, man. I'm glad to be back. And, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of work this offseason to make sure that this football season's even better than last. And, you know, hopefully we continue to provide the listeners with a lot of winners. Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, We each are going to give out our three favorite NFL season win totals. Um, listing them uh from least favorite to favorite but these are three that uh i know i've bet and i'm sure brandon has two uh that we feel the most confident about so brandon start us out with your third favorite yep i'm gonna go with the atlanta falcons under nine and a half uh small juice on the under minus 115 um you know i'm a big believer in this super bowl the the loser of the Super Bowl, you know, suffers almost a bigger hangover than the team that wins it. Um, only twice has the team that lost the Super Bowl went on to have a better record the previous year since 2000. Um, we saw that firsthand last year with the Panthers, who went 15 and one in the regular season. I mean, almost looked unbeatable. Were the talk of the NFL. Um, you know, they go to the Super Bowl, they're the favorites. They lose that game, and then they next year come out go six and ten and don't even make the playoffs. Um, for those that don't remember Atlanta, they finished 11 and five in the regular season. Um, that included an impressive five and one record in the NFC South. Um, you know, I know they're the favorites in that division this year. Um, but I think this is one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. And I think all three other teams are greatly improved. Um, I would put them right there with Carolina and Tampa Bay as, uh, the co-favorites in my mind, um, to win this division. Um, while Atlanta didn't lose any key players from last year, they did suffer one really big loss. That's offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. He was exceptional at calling plays, um, you know, outside of the second half of the Super Bowl when he really let the team down. But overall, he, you know, he took that team uh, and got him to that stage. So, you know, now it's Steve Sarkeesian. Um, he has zero experience calling plays at the NFL level. Uh, I just don't see how that doesn't translate into um, some backwards um, in the stats columns, you know, the, the regression um, from last year. Uh, I'm also a little bit concerned with Julio Jones. Um, you know, he had foot surgery in March or, or toe surgery on his foot in March. You know, he's just now getting back into practice and getting into game shape. You know, we could see the timing off early in the year. Um, and this is an offense last year that really carried the team. You know, I know the defense was better, but they still ranked 25th in yards allowed and 27th in scoring. Um, I also think turnovers uh, are going to play a big role um, this year. Last year, 
The Falcons tied for first in the NFC and were fourth overall with a plus 11 turnover margin. You know, a little less uh, confidence in the play calling, um, some regression overall, and and we'll see the turnover margin go down, and I think that's going to result in them, uh, you know, going around 8-8. uh, I like this one. I think uh, I think it's the sharp side of this one. Uh, that's a good stat. Was it two teams since 2000 have uh, yeah. improved their record after losing the Super Bowl? That's a really good stat. And uh, you covered a lot of things there, man. And, you know, the Panthers last year, just another good example. So uh, I agree the division as a whole is better. And uh, it seems like every year a uh, team goes from worst to first in this division. So um, I, I don't see Atlanta winning it either. And uh, I'm with you on the under nine and a half. I think they'll still be solid, but you know, eight and eight, nine and seven, that type of year. Good to hear it. All right, my uh, third favorite's going to be the Patriots under twelve and a half. Um, as good as the Patriots have been, they haven't won back-to-back Super Bowls since 2003-2004. They have they've won twelve or fewer games eight times in the last twelve seasons. So that's important when the when you're considering a win total this high of twelve and a half. Um, they have been dominant, obviously, but asking them to win 13 games um, is asking a lot. Uh, Tom Brady had his revenge season last year um, with his suspension, and I don't think he'll be as hungry this year. Now Brady's without his favorite receiver and Julian Edelman for the season due to a torn ACL uh, in the preseason. He had better chemistry with Edelman, I would say, than any receiver he's had in his career, so that can't be overlooked. I know he's still got some other weapons in Brandon Cooks and, and – uh, Gronkowski but you know you got you got Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan and I mean those guys are no nothing special uh pretty much kind of trying to combine to take uh, Edelman's place so I think that's a big loss uh the schedule I I see some losable road games at Denver at Oakland at Pittsburgh at Tampa at New Orleans and maybe at Miami uh even if they run the table at home and go 8-0 which is really unlikely uh, I still expect them to lose three to three to four of these road games um, I got the Patriots at 11 and five this season. That's going to be good enough to win the AFC East, but we'll keep them under 12 and a half wins. Yeah, I can't say that I would jump on board here, uh, just for the simple fact that I don't really like betting against the Patriots at all when it comes to anything and you know spread, win totals, all that. Um, the loss of Edelman is huge. Uh, I, I really think that offense was going to be something special had he not got hurt. I still think they're going to put up a ton of points. Um, and the big thing is going to come down to whether or not Brady can stay healthy. And we got no reason to think he won't. Yeah. It, uh, the Patriots have cost me money over the years betting against them for sure. I think I've bet against them more than I bet on them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll never be out of this one until the very end with, you know, they got to win 13 games. So, yeah, so I, they, I don't hate it. I just don't like going against them. Yeah. It's one of their highest win totals ever. So uh, right. I just think there's some value on the under there. For sure. Um, especially after, I think they went 14 and two or 13 and three against the spread last year too. Unbelievable. But yeah, especially for not having Brady for four games. Yeah. So, all right, Brandon, what's your second favorite win total? All right, that's going to be uh, the Cleveland Browns. Yes, you heard me. The Cleveland Browns over five. Um, you know, that's this team went one and 15 last year and has a mere four wins combined over the last two seasons. Um, but I like what I see from this team. I, I think Hugh Jackson is the right guy to get them you know, over the hump. I think this analytics approach is going to work out in the long run. You know, A lot of people are laughing at it now, but you know, this team's got a lot of young talent. They're stockpiling draft picks left and right. And you know, I think we're going to see some improvement on the field in two seven, 2017. 
Um, you know, last year they were pretty much what you had thought they were going to be coming into the year. No one, you know, there were people that thought they might go 0-16. Um, they ended up with just one win, but they could have easily had um, more than that. They could have had easily had six. Um, they had five losses last year by six points or less. And and that came with the Browns using six different quarterbacks. This year, they've already got their starter in place and rookie Deshaun Kaiser. You know, he's raw, but I like his talent. And I think Jackson's going to do some big things with them. Um, you know, the offense can't be really any worse than it was last year. They rank 30th in yards per game and 31st in scoring. Um, as far as, you know, the defense, I know, you know, news came out today that Joe Hayden had been released. Um, he's considered, you know, one of the top corners in the NFL. Um, I, I, it's a big loss, but I don't think it's one that's going to hurt him as much as some people think. You know, I really like the additions that they made in the draft on this side of the ball. I think Miles Garrett is going to be a special player. You know, someone like, you know, Mac from the Raiders and Vaughn Miller from Denver that can, you know, put the defense like on their sh- on their shoulders and really, you know, take them to that next level. And I think they got a steal and. Uh, Peppers out of Michigan, you know, he's going to come in, play some safety um, in the box, help out on the run Uh, where he's really going to help this team is in the return game. Last year, the Browns ranked 26th in punt return average and 28th in kickoff return average. They had some of the worst field position of any team in the NFL, and you just can't win doing that. Um, And lastly, the schedule here is, you know, what really has me liking this team going over five Uh, outside of the Steelers. Uh, the AFC North is really nothing to get excited about. And then they also draw two of the worst divisions in the NFL, in my opinion, um, in the uh, AFC South and NFC North. And they get to play two other last place teams out of the AFC and the Jets and Chargers. You know, it, it might be a struggle, but I think they get to six wins this year and cash in on this over. I will definitely be on the Browns a lot against the spread this season. I, I really like this team uh, and what they're doing. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get six wins, but uh, definitely be a good covering team, I think. Um, still maybe a year or two away. Uh, I, they are headed in the right direction. And you name the schedule, man. There are so many games you look that are going to be close to toss-ups there for them. So they got they got the games to win. Um, I'm going to root you, root you in on this one and sit on the sidelines. Yeah, I don't blame you here. I, I don't expect it to be a popular choice, but, you know, Odds makers aren't crazy when they set this thing at five because you know most people are going to be just lining up to take the under here and I'll, I'll do the contrarian style and take them to do the opposite here and win win more than that. Yeah, I like it, man. If it's not popular, I like it. So uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna head to that NFC North. I'm gonna take the Vikings over eight and a half. Uh, basically, in Mike Zimmer, I trust um, the Vikings had had won six or fewer games in three of the four seasons before he got there. They've gone 26 and 22 in the last three, three years since. Um, I think he has his best team yet uh, in year four injuries on the offensive line really derailed the Vikings last year as they plummeted in the second half and went eight and eight. They had five different tackles start a game last year. Um, they gave a, they, in the off season, they gave a combined 37 million in guaranteed money to Riley reef and Mike Remmers uh, to shore up those tackle positions left guard Alex Boone is solid and so is centered uh, Joe Berger uh, those were two bright spots on the offensive line last year 
Uh, Sam Bradford, I think, will be more consistent in his second year as a starting quarterback, especially with uh, improved protection. And then he's get he gets some help with the additions of rookie Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray in the backfield. That's uh, a huge upgrade at the position after Adrian Peterson basically missed all of last year. Uh, Zimmer is basically a defensive genius. Uh, he The Vikings led the NFL in scoring through the first seven weeks last year, giving up only 13 points a game. Uh, then they had some injuries in the second half. Still managed to finish sixth in scoring defense at 19 points a game, fifth in yards per play allowed last year. Uh, if the offense can just be average in 2017, I think the defense is good enough to carry this team to nine or ten wins in a playoff berth. You know, you got the Bears, you got the Lions in that division, which I'm really down on both of those teams. Obviously, the Packers are good, but but the Vikings, I think, will be one of the wild card teams this year. Yeah, I'm on board with this one. I, I am 100% on board with Zimmer and, you know, his ability to get the absolute best out of a defense. Um, you know, last year, the offense, not a lot could have went much worse than it did. I mean, Peterson doesn't play most of the year. Uh, Bridgewater gets hurt early. They got to make a trade last minute before the season starts to get Bradford. You know, he's got no experience with the offense. Um, basically just, you know, coming and running the simplest plays that they can get by with, you know, now they've got a full off season with him working with, uh, you know, I think they, some talented guys that they have in, I really like, um, that running back out of Florida state. I think he's going to put up big numbers this year. And, you know, if that offense can score points, there's this team is going to be very tough to beat. All right. Glad you're in agreement on that one. Uh, what's your favorite, uh, win total this season? All right, my favorite is going to be the Los Angeles Rams over five and a half. A uh, slight juice on this one at minus one thirty. Um, I, th- th- I think the best thing that happened to the Rams last year was that they finally parted ways with head coach Jeff Fisher and his staff, most notably offensive coordinator Rob Boris, who might have been the worst player caller in the league last year. Um, they went out and did an excellent job here and replaced Fisher with offensive guru Sean McVay. Um, who spent the last few seasons uh, turning Kirk Cousins and the Redskins into an offensive juggernaut. Um, Not only did he work under Jay Gruden, but he also worked under John Gruden earlier in his career. And you can hear a lot of John Gruden when you listen to this guy talk. Um, He's not giving up the play calling duties just yet. He's going to call the plays for the Rams this year. So expect that offense um, to be on a whole different level. Um, And that starts with Jared Goff, who, you know, really struggled as a rookie and that offense that was, you know, trying to run the football all the time with Gurley and then setting him up in bad situations to throw the ball. Now, the Rams made sure that won't be the case this year. They shored up the two most important positions on the offensive line and left tackle with a couple of veterans and left tackle Andre Whitworth and center John Sullivan. Um, they added Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. Um, the Bills' top two receiving threats from last year, which takes Tavon Austin out of the number one spot where he didn't, never belonged and puts him into you know more of a slot receiver where he can excel. Um, and and uh, this new emphasis on the passing game with McVay should open up things for Todd Gurley, who is a very good running back, but was just in a terrible situation last year um, where opposing teams just loaded the box and you know dared them to throw the ball and they couldn't. Um, defensively, this is one of the best um, defensive teams in the NFL. Um, you know, I am a little bit concerned with Aaron Donald sitting out, but I don't think that's going to last as long as some people think. And you know, I think there's even a chance he suits up in Week One. Uh, this team won four games last year with the worst offense in the league, one of the worst coaching staffs in the league, and with horrible quarterback play. I, I think they're improved in all three of those areas. 
and I, I see six wins easily on this schedule given the talent on this team. Yeah, I, I like it here too. Uh, the Rams don't have the pressure of being on hard knocks, man. They seems like whenever you're on hard knocks, you underachieve. So watch out for the Bucks this year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that curse doesn't get to them. But I do like the McVay hiring for sure. The Rams have looked good in the preseason, uh, especially Goff. Uh, they, they, I agree, they have one of the better defenses in the NFL. Goff can't be as bad as he was last year. McVay's only going to help that. Gurley definitely due for a rebound season. Um, you know, getting to six wins is definitely within their grasp. So uh, I, I do like the Cardinals and Seahawks quite a bit uh, in the NFC West, but but the Rams' schedule should be easy enough outside of that to to get to six wins. So I, I got them pegged at six and ten or, or seven and nine this year. So I'm with you. Yeah, I mean Jeff Fisher got him to seven and nine. So I mean, given how, given what he, I mean, I'm just not a Fisher fan, but you know, I could be wrong and McGee. McVay could implode, but I, I like my chances here with this team being a lot better. Yeah, that offensive coordinator last year was awful, man. I, I watched all the hard knocks, too, and I, I couldn't stand the guy. But uh, what was his name? Rob Boris? Is that what you said? Yep, yep, Rob Boris. <laughs> I believe he's back to being a tight ends coach now. <laughs> we're about, sure. about where he belongs uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll stay in that division. My favorite win total is on the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals over 8.5. This is a team that won 10 games in 2013, 11 in 2014, 13 in 2015. So expectations were obviously high last year after three straight double-digit win seasons, but then they slumped to 7-8-1. Um, this is a team that I think was way better in their record. Um, five of their seven losses came by a touchdown or less. They dominated the Seahawks statistically and really should have won but settled for a tie in overtime. They actually led the NFL in yardage differential, outgaining teams by 62 yards a game. Um, just just to show how important that category can be, uh, two Super Bowl teams ranked in the top four in that category. The Patriots were second in yardage differential. The Falcons were fourth. Um, so I think it, it just kind of shows how good they were and how little they got out of out of the team they had uh, with that 7-8-1 record. Um they were second in the NFL in total defense. They led the NFL with 44 sacks. Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden combined for 23 and a half of those sacks. Both those guys are back. Uh, Tyron Matthew and uh, Patrick Peterson, I think, uh, lead one of the best secondaries in the league. Um, the questions with this team are on offense, but Carson Palmer returns from injury. He's reportedly in in some of the best shape of his career. Um, Palmer obviously doesn't have to do it all because he has one of the best running backs in the league. That's David Johnson, who accounted for over 2,000 yards from scrimmage last year and 20 total touchdowns despite missing a game in Week 17. He had uh, over 100 uh, yards from scrimmage in each of his first 15 games last year. The guy is just a stat—I mean, stat-stuffing machine. Um, like the Vikings, the Cardinals have. The defense that can lead them to eight or, or sorry to nine or ten wins. Uh, the offense just needs to be average or better, and I think it will be with the healthy return of Johnson and Palmer. Yeah, I like this one as well. I'm a big uh, Bruce Arians fan. Um, if you have if you have uh, Amazon Prime, and I highly recommend checking out the All or Nothing seasons. Uh, Arizona was on season one last year. Was uh, the this or this past uh, season was on the Rams. Um, this team is built to win right now and you know they made a point of it 
um, this offseason. They went out and signed a bunch of veterans, which tells me, you know, they they all, all they're all in on this season. Palmer is going to be better. Um, one guy to watch out on their offense is John Brown. He was uh, banged up last year and he was really explosive two seasons ago. And I think he's going to jumpstart that offense um, defensively. I mean, there's not many more players I like watching in the NFL than the Honey Badger. So I, I like them on that side of the ball as well. You know, they just got to get off to a better start than they did last year. I mean, they started out one and three lost at home to the Patriots without Brady, and then also had, um, you know, losses to the Bills and Rams, um, three games that they have to feel like they should have won. And, you know, they do that, and they're a 10-win team, and I think they can easily get to that mark this season. All right, man, I think we agree on almost all of these. Uh, I don't really – I'm not really against you on any. Uh, maybe my least favorite would be the Browns. I think your least favorite would be the Patriots, so. Right, yep. But not against on any of them. Um. Well, we got those six out of the way. Let's uh, let's give out a free pick for Saturday's college football action. I think that's what every uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners definitely want want to get, um, so they can get a a quick winner instead of having to wait all season to cash those those tickets on the win totals. So, Brandon, give uh, give the listeners your uh, college football free pick for Saturday. All right, I'm taking the NC State Wolfpack minus four and a half in their neutral site matchup against South Carolina. Uh, you don't hear a lot about this team coming into this season, and a big reason for that is because of the division they play in um, in the ACC. Clemson and Florida State are both ranked in the top five in the preseason poll, and then Louisville is also in that division. They returned Heisman winner Lamar Jackson are in the top 20 um, in the preseason rankings. Uh, the Wolfpack are absolutely loaded in 2017. With They have 17 returning starters. The offense should be as good as it's been in the Dave Doran era. They've got nine starters back, including one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the ACC and junior, Ryan Finley. He gets back his top four weapons in the passing game, as well as all five starters on the offensive line. Defensively, they got eight starters back from a unit that will be anchored by one of the best defensive lines in the country that features two NFL prospects at defensive end. Um, as for South Carolina, this team got to six and seven last year, but I think that is a bit of a mirage. Uh, I think they were very fortunate to get to six wins. They only had one win against a team with a winning record. That was against Tennessee, and they caught the Vols in uh, you know, a perfect spot. Uh, they just lost an overtime game uh, against Texas A&M two weeks prior, and the previous week had just got blown out at home um, against Alabama. So they were in a, a big-time letdown spot there. Um, I know they have 16 starters back, um, but I think the schedule gets a lot harder this year, and I don't think they make a ton of improvement. Um, keep in mind, this is a team that only averaged 20.8 points per game um, last year. Uh, the defense hasn't been very good of late. They're allowed four-plus yards per carry against the run and more than 200 yards per game each of the last three seasons. You know, here's another coach I'm not a big fan of and Will Muschamp. Uh, he certainly looks like the weak link in his time at Florida. Uh, just look at the year after he left uh, Florida and Jim McElwain was hired. McElwain stepped in and took over a team that only won seven games the previous year, went, led them to 10-4 and four in an SEC East title um, with just 11 returning starters and only four of those on offense. So you know, I, I just don't like the direction of this program. I think the ACC has closed the gap on the SEC, and uh, the NC State will uh, roll away with this one. 
I I'm in agreement here. I think uh, NC State definitely is a sleeper in that Atlantic Division. Um, you know, they were a missed field goal away from beating Clemson last year. Only lost to Florida State by four. So those those are two of the best teams in the country, and they showed what that they could they could hang right with them. And you know, with those 17 starters back, I don't see why they aren't going to be you know a contender in that division. Um, I think South Carolina was very lucky to make a bowl, like you said. All six of their wins came by 13 points or less, four by six points or less, against suspect competition. Uh, that includes a six-point win over UMass, five-point win over East Carolina, and a 13-point win over Western Carolina. So they let some bad teams hang around last year, and were lucky to get the six wins. They did lose to Clemson by 49, which gives them kind of a common opponent. Um, you know, so I think far and away NC State is the better team in this one. Uh, Muschamp has got has uh, I think he had a really good recruiting class this year which was kind of surprising but won't really pay dividends this year um so I think yeah, I mean, he got yeah he got good recruits at Florida too I mean he didn't do a lot with it so you know you're right he's definitely the problem I, I like it uh unbelievable what Florida's done since he left so especially yeah, without with, a quarterback with, yeah especially with a quarterback injury every year so uh, my uh, free pick this this week's gonna go on Texas minus 18 and a half over Maryland. Um, the failed Charlie Strong experiments over Texas fans couldn't be more excited about new head coach Tom Herman. He went 22 and four at Houston over the last two years and beat Oklahoma last year. Um, he brings in his innovative offense and definitely elite recruiting skills to Austin. Herman steps into a great situation here too. He's got 17 starters back from a team that went five and seven last year. But this was a Longhorns team that was better than that. Um, they went two and five in games decided by a touchdown or less. Um, in the games that they were blown out, they lost by 18 to Oklahoma State, but outgained them. They they were only outgained by 80 yards against TCU in a 22 point loss. So they're pretty much competitive in every game. Um, Texas offense last year gained nearly 500 yards a game. Big improvement. Uh, quarterback Shane Buscelli, uh returns after his promising freshman year. Four or five starters back on the offensive line. Strong uh, wasn't able to turn around the defense, which was kind of surprising um, given his credentials. But this really should be their best defense in years. They got 10 starters back on D, each of their top eight tacklers back. Um, Herman brings in uh, defensive coordinator Todd Orlando with him from Houston. I think he'll get the most out of this talent. Maryland's a team that went 6-7 and seven last year in D.J. Durkin's uh, f- uh, first season. I think Maryland is a similar team to South Carolina as far as their wins are concerned. Um, all six wins came against very bad competition. Howard, FIU, UCF, Purdue, Michigan State, and Rutgers. Terrapins went 1-7 and seven against bowl teams last year. They were consistently overmatched against the better competition they faced. They lost five times by 21 or more points. Lost by 59 to Ohio State, 56 to Michigan, 24 Penn State, 21 Nebraska, and 21 Minnesota. And I think Texas is really in the class of many of those teams and should win by at least 21 points here, three touchdowns um, or more. So I expect a blowout here in the home opener Saturday behind a very, very excited uh, Texas crowd uh, with the anticipation of Herman's debut. Yeah, it's going to be great to see Texas back in the national spotlight there. I think Herman gets that job done. Um, I'm a little cautious, I would say, with laying that many points um, here. 
Um, but I do think there are, there is some value on the total in this one. I think it's very low at 56. I think we're going to have a high scoring game. Um, you know, Herman and his ability to get an offense to produce is no joke. Um, you know, he, and I think as good as that they were last year, he's going to take that Texas offense to a different level in 2017. When he took over Houston a couple years ago, he inherited a team that only had five starters back on offense from a unit that averaged 29.8 points per game. He guided them to 40.4 points per game in his first year on the job. Uh, it usually takes a coach a couple years before he, you know, really gets um, that kind of production out of a either side of the ball. Um, you know, Texas has seven starters back on offense. I think that sophomore quarterback, Buscelli, is going to, you know, explode um, in this new system. You know, I, I'm not as optimistic on the defense um, having as quick a turnaround as the offense or as much as improvement. I, th- I still think Texas is going to struggle a little bit on that side of the ball, um, but they will be better than they were a year ago. Um, Maryland is a team that I'm, I kind of like in the Big Ten. I, I think you know, last year was a very tough season um, in the first year under DJ Durkin. The one thing he's done is he's recruited at an exceptionally high level. You know, he's getting a lot of young talent. Um, it might take another year before them to really take that next step, but I think they're going to be more competitive this year. And, you know, they get overlooked playing in a division that includes Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Um, you know, they did have some really bad performances last year against some good teams, um, but they we're still a- able to average 25.8 points per game despite scoring 14 or fewer in five of those 13 games um, they got some electric players on offense um, Ty Johnson their leading rusher from last year averaged 9.1 yards per carry on 110 attempts um, backup running back Lorenzo Harrison averaged 7.2 yards per carry on 88 attempts you know those aren't very I mean that's enough attempts to know that that's the real deal there with those averages per carry, which you don't see um, by many college running backs, especially given you know some of the teams that they're playing in that Big Ten East. Um, they got their top wide out back in DJ Moore, who averaged 15 and a half yards per catch. Um, they they're turning to sophomore quarterback Tyler Pigrom. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, Tyler. Um, he's won the starting job, and you know he's going to bring a new. Uh, dynamic to this offense with his ability to run the ball. Last year, he had 62 rushing attempts for 254 yards and four scores in a limited role. So, you know, anytime you got a quarterback that can that has to make the defense account for him as a runner, it, it tends to open up things. And I think we're going to see a lot of big plays um, from a lot of really good skill players in this one. And I, I have both teams have the potential here to score. 30 plus points. So I think this one is going to end up a lot closer to 70 than it does 60. And I'll, I'll side with the over. And I, I, I thought this total seemed low uh, when I saw it too. So I, I, I'm in agreement with you there. Thinking, thinking something in the neighborhood of 48, 20 Texas would be perfect. Uh, right. I mean, I, yeah, Texas could score 40 here and we, we need what 17 for Maryland. Yeah, exactly. To get over so, 56. I like it. Right. And Maryland is doing some good things in the recruiting. I, I was shocked to see they had like the 19th best recruiting class this year after not doing anything before this year. So uh, Durkin's got them uh, headed in the right direction for the future. I just don't think they're going to be quite ready in week one for the for a big performance. So Right. Yeah, it's a tough task on the road against Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, man, I'm pumped to be doing these podcasts with you and Teddy every week now. I uh, hope we can have a repeat of last season when we finished 30-12-2 um, over our last 44 picks. So 
Um, go NC State, go Texas, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you again in two weeks, Brandon. All right, man. Best of luck here in week one college football. Yes, sir. I got seven picks posted already, too. So for those of you uh, out there listening, uh, come sign up. Uh, find me and Brandon over at sportscapping.com and, and uh, get, get all of our premium pick winners this weekend. Thanks for listening to the sportscapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at sportscapping.com.